Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Hour number one of the Get Right. Reg and KG on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Ruben Portillo holding it down for you here on this first Monday of the month of May. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The truckwreck.com text line 877-881-1053. 877-881-1053 if you want to get in on the conversation. We're with you for the next four hours here on this Monday night. Appreciate you joining us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam and on YouTube at 105 Through the Fan on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button while you're there as well. Got a great show lined up for you tonight coming up in 19 minutes. John Mashota of The Athletic going to be joining us, recapping what was the 2023 NFL Draft for your Dallas Cowboys. that saw Mozzie Smith be the first defensive tackle since Russell Maryland to be taken in the first round of the annual selection meeting. Then... At 8.20, Tim Cato of The Athletic going to be joining us. He dropped his latest piece today talking about the Dallas Mavericks and some real interesting nuggets as the Mavericks get ready for what will be a very much anticipated offseason at Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg, at a tool if you want to get at us on Twitter. Reg, what's up? Did you have a good weekend? NFL draft took place. A lot of other things happened. NBA playoffs continuing as well. A lot to get to on this Monday night. It was cool. Yeah? It was cool. Uh, it was mom's birthday. Happy birthday again, oh, happy mom's birthday, Dr. Mom. mom. Uh, yeah, did a little Thai food and bowling, you know, low key. But you know, those are the those are the ones that really hit, you know, for for the parental units, right? So like, yeah. the whole family around. So that 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 was cool. Uh, other than that, everything else was it was cool for me. Like I had a very low key weekend, um, and today is feeling like a Monday, a very Monday <laughs> Monday. <laughs> But, you know, uh, it, it makes it better to be here with you and all the Tolos listening oh, sweet, on, a, on a Monday evening. Uh, bowling, by the way, universally uh, loves, right? Oh, yeah. If you, if you hit a bowling alley on a Saturday evening anywhere in I feel like you have uh, to have a good time. United States of America, it's going to be, it's, you, well, one, it's going to be packed. It's and very two, true. you're probably going to have a good time. Probably. Yeah, I feel like bowling, um, roller skating, shout out to Jane Slater. She loves her roller skating. Does she? Like, she? She does. She's an avid uh, roller skater, actually. Okay. All right. Um, but yeah, I think those are two like the universal activities that most people love. Like if you're hating on bowling and roller skating, I'm sure you're not a, a fun person all that much. No. Roller skating's a little tough. Not everybody's got the right uh, balance, coordination. Yeah, I'm scared to fall. Bowling yeah. is yeah. easy. I mean, just put up bumpers if you feel that bad. We're going to make it go. <laughs> My daughter loves the bumpers. Daddy, put up the that's right. Uh, all right. That's right. All right. Well, you just want her to have gutter balls the whole time? What, well, you, you know, I mean, it helps daddy win the game a little quicker. Wow. Uh, wow. No. Wow. No, no. Shout out to, to mom and baby girl. Yep. Talk about mamba mentality right there, man. Bruh, no prisoners. He said bleep no them kids. No prisoners. That's crazy. Okay. No prisoners in my household. Everybody can get it. Mom, especially. Okay. Know. All right. Oh, all right. Oh, my bad. Oh, we're it's at, oh, 703. All right. All right. Let's talk about the Cowboys. Let's talk about the Cowboys. Mozzie Smith, shout out to the Michigan man, as he is the latest number one selection for your Dallas Cowboys. Uh, cut number two. Hit me with cut number two. Mozzie Smith, what is your motivation now that you're in the National Football League? I say like this. 
And every team I've been on, I've been I've been a, I've been one of the players that was going to help win the game. And that that got to continue. First off, you know what I'm saying, um, and I got to put the work in to become that and uh, help this team win. Um, but the driving factor in my whole life, I always just wanted to be a dog. When I when I got on the field, uh, it's all about being a dog. It's all about you know making that man across from me remember me. You know, um, and that's that's kind of my driving motivation. You know, I don't want to be getting tossed around nowhere. You know, <laughs> the field is where I have fun at. Well, we will forever remember the name, Reg. Mozzie Smith as the guy that was taken number 26 overall. My man about a biscuit short of 340, but my man is a one-tech that's going to clog up the middle and make things real clear for Leighton Van Der Esch, Damone Clark, Micah Parsons a time or two, and for Dan Quinn in this defense, another resource for him to utilize. If you were to describe... The Cowboys draft in one word or a couple of words. How would you describe what the Cowboys were able to do with drafting Mozzie Smith and the other selections that they had this past weekend? Effective. Well, I like effective. With that, with that tone of voice. Okay. You have to say effective. Okay. okay. It wasn't sexy. In no. fact, like uh, our friends at the Athletic ranked it the 24th best draft. Shout out to Dane Brugler. Uh, mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. you to remember that, I need you to remember that there are 32 clubs in the National Football League. So 24th, not really inspired, but that's the thing. It wasn't really an inspired draft, right? Like the the sexy pick of the bunch, if you can call it that, was in the sixth round, and it was more of like a heartwarming story, although I think people will come to like Deuce Vaughn as a football player, not just as uh, Chris Vaughn's son. Yeah, not a sentimental pick with Deuce Vaughn. I mean, but it is, <laughs> but it's not, but it is. You know what I mean? So, but outside, like, outside of that idea, what what would I talk about? Offensive line, defensive line. These aren't the things that on draft day get you hyped. Although one thing I did notice watching the draft, um, the, the time that I did, uh, there are certain team uh, fans that I was like, oh, you don't know who this is. You're just cheering. Like I, I feel like we've gotten to the place where we understand with the draft. We don't know that much. Like just the royal we stick with me. Um, but when it gets to the draft, we've had so many instances where we can go back in the archives of footage and be like, hey, they drafted like. Uh, someone like Aaron Donald, and everybody was like, who? So they booed the team and come to find out he was actually really good. And I think people have, you know, wised up and be like, I don't actually know. I don't actually know. So we, my team picked him. Woo, he probably great. Let's <laughs> That's go. my guy. That's my yeah. guy. Um, but that being the case, like this, this, I don't think this was one that inspired folks. In fact, in our Pluckers location in Allen, it was, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of uh, muted because there was t- tight ends were on the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. Joey was, Porter on, Jr. On, the was on the board. There were some interesting things, but Mozzie Smith makes sense mm-hmm. when you consider the ways in which, towards the back half of that season last year, run defense was a problem. You went out and you made an in-season trade, um, something that's a little out of the norm for this team. And when it actually paid attention to the interior defensive line with Jonathan Hankins, a guy that you re-signed this year for a one-year deal. Um, But that's a place that you have neglected just as an MO, as an organization. This shows a little bit of growth and shows like a very clear determination and making sure that's not going to happen ever again because that's what that dude's specialty is. In fact, to the point where knowing that we're going to complain about things, and I'm not saying that the complaints are necessarily wrong, not even getting to that point, but the complaint automatically came up. You're taking a first-round defensive tackle that can't pass rush? Well, that we, we'll worry about that in later. Like that That's an add-on pack that's probably there, right? Uh-huh. The idea of pass rushing possibilities being there with Mozzie Smith, but he going to stop that run, and I think that that's 
that's an interesting portion of it for me. But stopping the run ain't sexy, especially not in the modern NFL where it feels like we've we've geared so much towards passing the football. But Todd Archer was on Sean and RJ this morning. He made a fantastic point. Or sorry, no, actually not even Sean. Um, this is the wrong uh, point of the of the station. Michael Jr. was on Friday mm-hmm. with Sean and RJ. And one of the things he talked about, hey, man, the blueprint for getting to the playoffs in the NFL, go through your division and then go through your conference. And in your division, you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, a lot of really good offensive linemen. They like running the football. They like doing that QB push. In fact, Michael Parsons on draft night said no more QB sneak, That's AJ. Right. That's right. Right? So you have that. You also talk about who has been your nemesis in the playoffs the last few seasons, the Niners. They like running that football. How about shutting all of that down, up to, at least up the middle, right? This is an effective pick for the Dallas Cowboys, although not a sexy one. Shout out to all 54 million of y'all who watched the NFL draft over the three days of the NFL draft in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, What I like in the draft for the Cowboys, too, is this, because you're right, not anything sexy with Mozzie Smith being drafted at number 26. They select another Michigan man a little bit later on with Luke Schoonmaker as the tight end. Never going to say that right, by the way. Well, not never, but not anytime soon. Because <laughs> I always want to pronounce that H, like Schoon, mm-hmm. Schoonmaker or Mocker. Mm-hmm. I might try and spice it up right there, and it's not necessary. Say it one more time for me. Uh, schoonmaker. Schoonmaker. All right, that's I'm gonna right. try. That's I'm right. do my best. Um, but at the same time, what I can the Dallas Cowboys draft to is like this. Room temperature water. Tasted like room temperature water. You say, Kevin, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? What I mean is, is that it hydrates you. It gets the job done, but not necessarily refreshing, if you will. Nothing real spicy about it. Nothing that gets you all charged up. But what it was, as you mentioned the word, effective. This is a Uh defense. That's right. This is a defense. (laughs) Hey, Ruben. That's right. That has not finished any better than 19th in the three years that Mike McCarthy's been here in terms of run defense. More importantly for me, another point of confidence in Dan Quinn sure. and what you want from this defense. Physicality, nastiness, toughness, Mike McCarthy, all of these things you are building with this defense. And for me, all three levels now have been solidified. If you believe Mozzie Smith is going to be a starter, which Will McClay said in the audio that we've heard uh, circulating throughout the day that they feel like they've got a quality starter in Mozzie Smith, you now on all three levels have a defense that you look at and say, okay, plays can be made by this defensive line with veterans in Demarcus Lawrence, obviously Micah Parsons as one of the best defensive players in the league. You've got Leighton Vanderesh, who had a resurgence in 2022. And then on the back end with your secondary with Stephon Gilmore, Trayvon Diggs, and then the three-headed monster with J. Ron Curse, Donovan Wilson, and Malik Hooker, you feel like you have a defense that can compete with anybody and as the team you mentioned, San Francisco, who has eliminated this team over the past couple of years, you can be in any ball game. The question is, will the offense be able to be as consistent as they need to be to score points? Because it looks like this defense isn't going to be giving up a lot of it based on what we project them to be this upcoming season. And I mean, it's kind of the same defense that you had last year, right? Like that's that's also something to be uh, to be noted. Um, we're focusing a lot on Mozzie and obviously first round pick, understandably so. Um, some of his job is to keep the linebackers clean as well. That's right. Right. So in some ways, you're hoping to make those linebackers better by making cleaning up what they have to deal with so that they can be more effective. That, there's that word again in their play. How did you feel about day two? Right. Because these are the guys that we can maybe point to as guys that you still anticipate affecting your team. Um, and then day three ends up being a little bit more 
you know, speculative, but uh, Luke Schoonmaker, right? Yep. All right, fat, fantastic. DeMarvion Overshone, mm-hmm. Junior Fihoko of No Relation. Um, how do we feel about those? Because Schoonmaker ends up being an interesting one. I think that this was in some ways indicative or like this was kind of sussed out when we talked about Stephen Jones in some ways giving the game away, but not in the way that we thought, right? Sure. The idea of tight end being a really deep class. This is what we were all, I think we were all kind of hoping for. The idea that you don't have to take one in the first round. You don't have to take one all that early because if it has some depth, that means you probably will find a guy that you like after pick 26. And they seem to do that with Schoonmaker. And that points to some of this. Um, I saw someone make the point where if Ezekiel Elliott isn't here for pass protection, you need to add some more dudes that can block, Right. Schoonmaker ends up being some level of addition there. I don't think it necessarily covers up the deficiencies that you might have in picking up uh, in pass protection, but having more people that can block up pretty well, Schoonmaker adding into that, I think is helpful in addition to being able to have the hands and go and do these things down the field. And I think Bobby Belt has been one of the guys who has been one of his champions. And he's also pointed to the idea that Schoonmaker might have the upside to be that seam attacker because I don't think, again, we're back in this place. We're talking about tight ends before we know anything about them. Because did anybody think that uh, Ferguson or Hendershot had the abilities that they seemed to be able to demonstrate in their first season, mind you? Sure. We talk about tight ends not necessarily producing early. So I think that this gives them an opportunity to, again, keep a, a wide group of tight ends and also have one that hopefully can really help blocking to add to uh, maybe almost get you closer to that six offensive lineman type feel yeah. at times when you have your tight end on the field. Shout out to Linda Wells who's going to be coaching up these tight ends again this upcoming season. It's going to have some work to do with Schoonmaker. Here's the thing that concerns me about him. He's already 25 years old. Sure. Has some injury concerns a little bit coming into this draft. And while the upside is there, how much more productive and what is his ceiling to ensure that he's getting the most value that you are able to hopefully get as a guy that's going to be part of the safety blanket for Dak Prescott and this offense. It's interesting with Overshone, the linebacker from Texas got some position versatility, a little hybrid safety linebacker, got a lot of speed, quickness to him, yeah. and can do a lot of things if you're deciding to move him to weak side linebacker to let him roam around and go make plays a little bit. So look, overall, what the Cowboys were able to do in addressing their defensive tackle position, getting the tight end that I'm sure Mike McCarthy was thrilled to get based on the way that he was describing his tight ends going into this draft, adding other resources in terms of another linebacker, another interior presence with Bahoko there. He is the second cousin, by the way, of one Vita Vea. Now, if you remember Vita Vea back in the 2018 draft and what he's done in his career, you might think there. hopefully there is some of that rubbing off on Mr. Fahoko coming to Dallas. The rest of the draft, other than Deuce Vaughn, which I think was a terrific pick, not just for the value, but he's a hell of a football player. Fun. All of 5-5, a buck 79, but is a dino when the ball is in his hands. Asim Richards, okay, cool. You're able to get a little offensive line depth. Eric Scott Jr., a guy who a lot of people may have thought could have been an undrafted uh, free agent. Mm-hmm. For Dane Brugler, you talked about Dane Brugler and his um, draft grades that he had was not a write-up at all for his particular beast. He's just like, this is a name that is also with it. Yeah, th- I think that's yeah. some of the reason why this is not a highly regarded Dallas Cowboys um, draft class. But again, this that that is only that can only take us so far. I would like to see how these players factor in within the team and also remembering. And this is not an excuse because, again, we might get to the place where we're like, yeah, 
waste, you know, wasted picks or what have you, right? Not accumulating the value that you want. Um, but this was a team that came into the draft having a lot of these holes papered over, except for kicker, which they did not take a flyer on. That's a little disappointing. Um, but come on down, Robbie Gold or Mason Crosby. All right, fantastic. <laughs> the retreads. Um, but no, they they got a whole bunch of like depth type things. Didn't really add to the wide receiver room all that strong. Jalen Brooks in the seventh no, round. That'll be not. interesting to yeah. talk about. Shout out to Jalen Tolbert. Um, but I'm interested to see how these things come together once we get mini camp, camp, all those things. But interesting, interesting at the yeah. very least, right? Like I don't, I don't think we looked up and we're like, oh, this. There's nothing interesting here. There's some interesting things here. I just don't think that they jump off the page and. We'll see how, how much of a problem or lack thereof that yeah. ends up being once we get around to camp. The last thing I'll say on it is vision. What is the vision for these players, specifically for Dan Quinn, when it comes to Mozzie Smith, Overshown, Fajoko? What is he able to do to bring his vision to the player? Because much like how Micah Parsons, we didn't see the pass rushing skills that he ultimately showed and developed throughout the course of his first couple of years. Dan Quinn in this defense understood what they had in Micah Parsons. You're hoping the same when it comes to Smith, Overshone, and others on this defense for them to be able to get the most out of them. But the Cowboys have their nose tackle in the middle. Mozzie Smith, he's listed at 6'3", 323. My man looks more like he's about 340. Not going to lie to you. Big, big man. Big boy. In the middle to anchor the middle of that defense. It's the get right. We're Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, John Mashota of The Athletic joins us to break down what was the Dallas Cowboys weekend in the NFL Draft. We do it next on 105.3 The Fan. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's the get right. We're Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Yep. Ruben Portillo holding it down for you here on this Monday night. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app, the truckrate.com text line 877-881-1053. Coming up here in just a moment via the Diamond Factory Hotline, John Mashota of The Athletic. Going to be joining us here to break down all things Dallas Cowboys NFL Draft. We're also live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam and on YouTube as well. It is 66-63 at halftime as the Boston Celtics are up by three in game one of their best of seven series with the Philadelphia 76ers. No Joel Embiid in this game for Philadelphia as he continues to deal with his knee injury, but the Boston Celtics up by three on a game 76ers squad right now as they begin their best of seven series. Right now, though, we go to the Diamond Factory Hotline, where we welcome in Dallas Cowboys beat writer for The Athletic, friend of 105 through the fan, and I'm sure somebody who is about over talking about the NFL draft, but we'll make him do it one more time. John Mashota of The Athletic joining us here on The Get Right. What's going on, man? Not much. I mean, I don't, I'm not tired of it. I, I love the draft. It's a, 
uh, one of my favorite times of the year, to be honest with you. John, real quick, before no, wait, we get wait, wait, into- wait. Are you just saying that, John? Are you just saying that? Are you for real? You know he's just saying that. Why are you making <laughs> him say that on air? Uh, uh, no, I mean, I like it. I just, I, I will say it from a, a coverage standpoint, there's definitely that, there's definitely a stretch there on Saturday where you're just kind of like, all right, let's go and get on with this. But I will say <laughs> with the Cowboys pick, especially with what they did at the end of the sixth round, keeps it kind of interesting. So, uh, no, I honestly, I do. I really do like the draft. Yeah, that, that's actually where I wanted to get to because, like, it's quite an extensive uh, weekend for you. Can you just give us a quick, like, take us through it real quick. What does that weekend entail for you? How does it go for you? Really, the Saturday one is the only one that's, that I think is, is a little tough just because you stay, you're, you you know, you're probably out of the star pretty late on Friday. And, um, and then that next, you know, the next day starts so quickly because it starts at 11 a.m. here. So, um, you know, you just try and the biggest thing is like one of the things that does well on our site, and I know it does well on other sites are like, as soon as the draft's over, a lot of people want to know, well, who's, or the, the rounds are over, who's the best player still available and stuff like that. And to like update that, I mean, you, you can't really just, you know, to add some things to, and that you got to wait until the, the rounds are over. And so you end up being out there pretty late, but it's just that it's that Saturday that starts so early. That's where you're just kind of like, uh, you hate like kind of waking up, you know, having to wake up earlier. But for me, I live not that far from the star. So it's, it's not terrible for me, but like, yeah, when that, when that final day starts, that, that whole, the star is just, it's not as, as crazy as it is the, the two nights before, just cause there's not as many people are there yet. So, um, um, you know, it, it is what it is. I'm not, I'm not complaining though. It's, it's not like, it's not like it, it happens all the time. You know, it's, it's one weekend. It's fine. Do you get a beer first or something to eat first? Like which one do you have to get as soon as the draft is over with? Yeah, probably more something, something to eat. I just, uh, I don't know, the older I get, the less that I, I care about drinking. So that probably moves the beer down the list there for me. But, uh, yeah, definitely definitely something to eat. But, I mean, they usually have food out there. So uh, no no complaints by me. And then there's tons of other, like, you know, restaurants and stuff around near there. So, um, yeah, we got a pretty good setup there. I'm not, I, I can't complain. Johnny Matches, you did not deliver. I was hoping for more complaining, and you just you you, you towed the company line. Such You're a, a good humble soldier, guy, and you I don't know, I don't like that. There, you want to complain? Yeah. All right, I'll tell you right now. One of the most overrated things to do is to go to the draft and cover it. Oh, it's so overrated. Um, and, and I did it. The only time when it's not been here that I that I went was in 2016 because I was a top five pick. I mean, we didn't get Zeke until being in Chicago. We didn't get Zeke until they were on oh, – he was the fourth pick. Like, they were on pick 22, 23. Like, because he's got to do all these other things. He's got, You know, he gets his conference. He'll talk to the team website. He'll, he'll do the conference call. Everybody else is at the star. He'll do a bunch of other things that, you know, for – I remember he signed a bunch of autographs for, like, Panini and things like that. I mean, we didn't get him. And, and then here's the thing. He's been asked all these questions. So by the time he gets to the reporters that are there – he doesn't want to answer the same questions over again. And then for that draft, you know, there was talk that they were going to tra- trade back in for Paxton Lynch. So you're, you're there at 22, 23, you're finally getting to talk to Zeke. And then there's that talk of that going on. Keep in mind, this is late at night. I'm at the Dallas Morning News. You're, you're on a deadline. Uh, so you're trying to get the best. Like most of the stuff that made my coverage was stuff that I had from other writers send to me that were at the star. Like to actually be there, it's not really that advantageous. I mean, I guess if you have like a high pick, whatever. But so many people will ask me, oh, are you going to the draft? you going to the draft? It's just like it's, it's set up great for fans, but like to cover it, no, going, going to the draft is a waste. Well, shout out to all 54 million people who watched the three days of the NFL draft on television, the other 300,000 that took 
uh, themselves to the draft in Kansas City, uh, Missouri. John Machota of The Athletic joining us here on the Get Right. We're Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Let's start with Mozzie Smith, the first defensive tackle taken in the first round since Russell Maryland back in 1991. The collective feeling that I was getting as this draft was going on, it's like, oh, Dan Quinn just gets all the toys. Is that right? <laughs> um, yes, there's part the part of that, you know, factors. And I'll just I have to point out though that it just kind of changed at defensive tackle when Mike McCarthy was hired as head coach. I mean, I understand Don Terry Poe didn't work out, but when they went after Don Terry Poe, that was that signified that hey, defensive tackles can be looked at a little bit different around here. You know, they were looking for someone to come, you know, kind of get in there a, a bigger like three thirty, three forty type guy that. Really, that wasn't really what you saw from from Rod Marinelli for all those years, and so it's it's kept creeping up their list of of, of things. But I still didn't think that they would take one in in the first round. You know, to he- hear some of that audio that has been um, put out now. I think it was earlier today that they put out a a, a video. Uh, the team website did, and to see you know Will McClay talking about the pick and it, it coming down to uh, a guard in, in Mozzie Smith, like it makes total sense why they would go. Uh, you know, with that pick, I just, I, it was, I'll believe it when I see it type thing. Um, you know, and, and I know we might get into this, now, so I won't jump too far ahead, but like, it's almost like the, the Deuce Vaughn, you know, um, you know, I, I think it's an exciting pick, but you also got to show me that you're going to kind of use him in, in a way that I, honestly, I, who's the last pick that they've had or last player they've had that's anything like Deuce Vaughn that they've used in a way where, you know, it's like, I'll believe it when I see it type thing. And that's how I was about the Mozzie Smith. Like, I don't ever think they're going to take a defensive tackle in the first round because they haven't the entire time I've covered the team. So I thought for sure they were going to go tight end there just because of how big of a need it was. And obviously then they do it in the second. But I have no complaints about the Mozzie Smith pick because it's been a need. Um, the run defense is, is the only thing you can really knock on the defense uh, these last couple of years. And, and he should do a, a great job immediately of, of helping fix that. Okay, so you mentioned the Mozzie Smith. You went ahead and started getting into the Deuce Vaughn pick. So just, like, let's go ahead and get there. Like, what was your reaction to that? Obviously, like, there was the story of it, but him as a football player, how did you feel about it, and what impression have you gotten around the team of how they feel about Deuce Vaughn as an actual player outside of being Chris Vaughn's son? Yeah, I think the thing you always have to factor with all this is, like, where they got him to, late late sixth round. So wh- who are you really taking in the sixth round? It can be the first pick in the sixth round uh, that you really are like, no, no, this is going to be a key piece. We're going to build some of the offense around this. Play. That just doesn't happen. It's a sixth-round pick, you know. Uh, uh, if, if it turns into Anthony Brown, you're, you're, you're elated. You're stunned, you know. You're, you're thrilled if you get, uh, you know, big-time play out of them. I mean, I think a lot of people at the star feel the same way as a lot of fans do that follow college football. I mean, if you watched him at Kansas state, I mean, you didn't even have to know about him before the game and he got your attention with just uh, how much, how well he plays. And, and the fact that if he was, you know, two, three inches taller, you know, he's probably a day two pick or, or maybe, maybe even higher than that. But um, I think, I think they have a plan. It just, my, my thing is with him is I don't know how he fits with Tony Pollard um, I, I see how he fits a lot more with Ezekiel Elliott, but it's the fact of like, okay, so then who is going to be getting, you know, I mean, this team's going to is in position to play a lot of big games against a lot of good teams. So, you know, if, if they're, if they're up in Philly it's in the fourth quarter and it's tight and it's, you know, fourth and one or something, like who are they giving the ball to here when everyone knows that they're probably running it? I, I don't, I don't know. So again, like I need to see that, but, 
the excitement of if, you know, you know, I think a lot of people would say, oh, yeah, man, Deuce Vaughn, if he got drafted by the Chiefs, everybody would have been flipping out. Like, oh, my, what what could he do in that offense with Patrick Mahomes and things like that? Not to say that, I mean, Clyde edwards Hilaire hasn't been a, you know, huge, a hit there either. But um, there's just a part of me where I just, you know, I don't – like to use them in the passing game. Like I can't wait to see that just because we haven't really seen them use a smaller guy like that uh, in the passing game a ton. So um, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. And then the other part, the last part that I'll add in is just because of the fact that they already have Kevante Turpin and there was all that talk of how they would use him more uh, in the offense. And that never, uh, you know, manifested, but, uh, but the story is, I mean, I mean, I've covered the draft now for whatever, 10 years, 15 years, and it's by far the best one I've ever covered. And there's people that have covered it two, three times as long as I have that said the same thing. So the whole deal of it makes tons of sense, and it's a great story. But I would just uh, – like, I don't, I, don't think that, um, I don't think that this pick or anything that they've done, uh, you know, makes me think that running back still isn't a, a need for them. Oh, and that hypothetical that you posed, it sounds like a great opportunity to acquiesce to Michael Parsons, let him do a little bit on the offensive side, doesn't it? <laughs> there, you, there you go. I'm sure I'm sure he would love that, and, and most people uh, in, in BFW would love that until, like, there's an injury. Then you're like, we're not doing that anymore. So, uh, yeah, that would, be, that would be interesting, sure. And, hey, they signed a, they signed a fullback uh, as an undrafted guy, so, you know, maybe that's a factor too. But, I mean, just, you know, for anything that anybody wants to knock on Zeke towards, you know, let's say like last season, last few seasons, he was still really good in short yard situations. Like you felt confident, you know, in, in one of those situations that he could get you that yard or two if you really absolutely needed it. And right now, I mean, they have guys that obviously could get it, but I don't think that you feel as confident as you did when 21 was back there. I still won't be shocked if Ezekiel Elliott's there in Oxnard and training camp when training camp begins in late July. Like I, I wouldn't be shocked by that at all. At least the way that Jerry continues to leave that door open, whether it be he's saying it in tongue in cheek or not, wouldn't be surprised if Zeke is back with this team. Uh, yeah. uh, get to training camp. Yeah. You can't, you can't completely close the door on it. I mean, I don't think it's, it's very likely. I think Jerry after the draft, a lot of that is, you know, Zeke hasn't signed with a team yet. It makes no sense for Jerry to sit there and say, uh, no, that ship has sailed. We've closed the door on that. We're going another direction. Like Jerry also loves the story of it. He loves the, you know, he loves to keep the door cracked on, on everything, whether it's um, Odell Beckham recently, or, you know, you go back three, four years. The one that I'll always remember is just Earl Thomas. You know, you'd be told by other people like Earl Thomas doesn't come here, but Jerry loved that that door would stay cracked a little bit, even though he knew it probably wasn't going to happen. And in kind of another way, that's not, you know, apples to apples, but Jerry loves bringing up Johnny Manziel. Like most <laughs> owners and, and GMs would not want to bring that up that you were even thinking of taking him over somebody who will probably be in the ring of honor. And Zach Martin, you know, one of Zach Martin's one of the greatest draft picks in, in, in Dallas Cowboys history. Johnny Manziel would have been one of the worst picks in, in, in Dallas Cowboys history, but because of the name and everybody knows it, like Jerry loves to bring that up. So I just I don't know I think I think I think it's interesting because obviously Dak would like him to still be on the team there's obviously people in the locker room that would would like for him to be on the team but just just so it's not it's not that common for that type of a move to happen where a guy that is a franchise type player uh, gets released out of his contract and then resigns at a significantly lower amount but you know what it's Jerry Jones and the Cowboys I guess anything's possible. Before we let you I wanted to ask you this because we see how the resources have been spent this offseason, obviously, in the draft, reinforcing those resources. 
Do we need to start looking at the Cowboys through the lens of being a defensive team when it comes to their identity? Absolutely. And I, and again, you know, it's so easy to poke fun at how awful things went in 2020, you know, Mike Nolan, the way that that transition went during the COVID year, it obviously didn't work. It was a disaster, but there are so many things that if you go back and you listen to Mike McCarthy or Mike Nolan at that time, that they, this isn't something that changed just because they hired Dan Quinn. Now Dan Quinn, you know, and, and Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs helped accelerate it. But when Mike McCarthy took over as head coach, he want, he knew the defense had to improve significantly. Now I don't know that he knew it would get to this level, but because it's become such a strength, uh, they've done you know things to add to it so that it does get to a point where we have seen it shift, where for so many years, whether it's how they drafted or just the way they played, you were like, yeah, Dallas Cowboys, offensive first team. It, just, it was like that. You just assumed it was like that. And now this is a team that, you know, the edges shifted over to the defense. I mean, there's not many teams there that are on their level defensively. This is a team that should be able to win a lot of games uh, on defense if, if things go their way, you know, in the health department and they're able to keep it together. And, and then the fact that they've been able to keep, you know, Dan Quinn in the building. So, yeah, it's gone from a Cowboys offensive first to the Cowboys defensive first. Well, hopefully uh, Mozzie Smith turns into Mike McCarthy's B.J. Raji. Let's hope that that happens for him uh, throughout the course of his. Well, what do you think about Kenny Clark, though? I know they're not the same type of player, but, I mean, I think he's, he had some success. You know, Mike was there when they drafted Kenny Clark at the end of the first round, you mm-hmm. know. So, I mean, they're – I get where he's coming from, you know, like I, the pick does, it makes a lot of sense when you look at it that way. It's just a problem. You know, a lot of people that aren't completely on board, I think they would, it, their opinion would completely change if you could go and look in Dane Brugler's uh, The Beast and, and see that Mozzie Smith had six sacks last year and, and, you know, five the year before. The fact that he only has .5 sacks in his entire Michigan career, I think that's the part that keeps people from being like, man, this was a really good pick. But, but, Truthfully, I really do believe it was a really good pick. John, as always, appreciate the time, my friend, and uh, enjoy a little bit of time off before, you know, that football thing keeps going. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on. There you go. John Michelle of The Athletic, good enough to join us here on The Get Right. Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we are your home of Texas Rangers baseball. Your Texas Rangers off tonight after taking three of four from the Bronx Bombers. Five reasons why the Rangers finished above 500. We'll talk about it next on 105.3 The Fan. Back here on the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Ruben Portillo holding it down for you here. Five reasons why the Rangers finished above 500 as they have the night off after taking three of four from the Yankees mm. over the weekend. At Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg Atatula on Twitter. Coming up at the top of the hour, One defining question for each second-round NBA playoff series, including the renewing of a rivalry between Stephen Curry and LeBron James. We'll talk a little NBA at the top of the hour right here on 105.3 The Fan. The Rangers, though, had a nice weekend to cap off their month of April. Hooray! (laughs) What What just happened? What is that? Was that Bobby? Yeah, it's Bobby. God. We discussed this. I know we, ha- and it still it still shocks me every time I hear that that's because hooray! Yeah, all right, Bobby. no, that's terrifying. Uh, yeah, that, no, that's what the low key kind of is. Fuel. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, One more time. Hooray! Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. We're okay. to, all right. Um, 
<laughs> we weren't saying hooray uh, before the series, or actually over the weekend a little bit, because we found out that Jacob DeGrom couldn't get out of April. First IL stint of Yo. the season. How you feeling? How you feeling? Right elbow inflammation lands Jacob DeGrom on the 15-day IL, to which I said, damn it! We couldn't even get out of April before he landed on the IL. And it's a 15-day, yeah. Um, like, jeez! The wild thing about it is, like, this comes after a few, you know, close calls where it seemed like, yo, we're just going to play this safe. And yeah, they've been trying to baby step it with him all yeah, season. The, the idea that, that that was not enough is tough. Um, and this is the thing, right? The detractors, the folks who are inclined to see this in a negative light. Told go. y'all. Hey, right, here's your, here's your win. <laughs> um, but the thing, the, the fact of the matter, though, is when he was playing, he's so good. He's so incredible. And you take that. <laughs> you take that, right? Like I, The tough thing about it is how, how many of these are you going to have to contend with? How much time is he going to miss? How many starts is he going to miss? Um, because... Some of this, as much as like we understand who that guy is, we've seen his movies. Some of this is normal baseball stuff, right? Like some of this is like dudes are going to miss time. And so the perception of this is going to look, wow, that dude just slipped. Sorry, TV's on. And some hilarity, I, some Larry Curley and Mo stuff just happened in game seven of Rangers Devils. Sorry. Um, back on track. Back on topic. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Hey, man, like pitchers are going to be hurt at some point. So some of this is going to be the framework. We're just going to have to look at this in hindsight later on. How much time did he miss? Was that early stint like just going to be a, you know, is, was it just a, what like what somebody's saying here on the truckwreck.com text line from the 214, you throw 95 miles an hour and see if your arm isn't sore. Is it going to be some of that? Or is this particular to Grom because of like the injury history? That's something that remains to be seen. But for the time being, the trade-off still feels good to me. And maybe that's just because it's early. There's, there's a lot of this that is going to be couched in. Maybe it's because it's early. But the trade-off still feels good to me. Yeah, and that's the part I'm going to take with me here is that it's early on in the season. And we've got a long season to go. And hopefully for DeGrom, this isn't an extended stay on the IL, but something that can be taken care of here within the next you know, couple of weeks. And we see him back on the mound with all the degromination that he has been giving us so okay. far. Oh, you like that? See what I did there? Uh, so far this season. But Evan Grant of the Dallas Morning News, five reasons why the Texas Rangers finished above 500. Number one. In April. In April. I'm sorry, in April. Thank you. You said it like the season was open. I know, right? Good job, everybody. Yep. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Evan Grant sent a newsletter from the future. (laughs) Over 500. (laughs) Count it. You saw the MLB script. Oh, wow. Hey, 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 hey. Okay. By the way, who finished number 10 in the MLB Power Rankings to end the month? That's right. Your Texas Rangers. Why did they do that? Because they beat good teams. Mm. They went eight and two. I see what you did. That was good. You're welcome. Uh, Philadelphia, Houston, and the Yankees averaging seven runs per game and outscoring the trio by 40 runs. God is great. That's right, Medford. That's right. And for the first time since 2018, they won a series against the Houston Astros. All right, so... Am I going to be the jerk here by undercutting this? The Astros started slow. The Phillies have started fairly slow. Um, hey, hey, we want positivity here, okay? The Yankees are started. Why are you such a hater? All right, the Yankees mm. have started fairly slow. Right, look, this is the tough thing about it. You get to the end of the season, you start looking at those, we're not going to talk about that. But for the time being, if you are going to temper your expectations, that's I think that's some of the ways that you do this, right? Like, you did have some good teams that you played. You played fairly well. You put up a whole bunch of runs, which, I mean, in some ways is independent. Um, of that, but 
also i don't want us to get to a place where we're starting to crown them right now because that is a factor right like the astros that okay all right he just did the lebron james <laughs> crowning himself thing in the studio that's right goodness gracious that's right god it's a monday that's um right. but yeah you, you you got these teams while they're not playing particularly great baseball still counts right still 17 11 that's right but um that's that's going to keep me in a place where i'm still I'm still a little head. let's see if by the t- by the end of this uh evan grant piece if i'm in the place where i'm re- ready to just like you know jump out the gym for this oh a couple of them are gonna get you real charged up including right. this one okay the starting pitching is as advertised yeah, so I'm with far it. i'm with it so good the Rangers starters rank fourth in the majors in strikeout to walk ratio at 3.78 and sixth in fewest homers per nine innings at 0.93 also their rotation finished with an era of 3.40 the fourth best in major league baseball yeah none of that felt fluky right like that's the thing Maybe I can throw out, like, the, hey, 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 let's slow down. I can't slow you down on the pitching. The pitching has looked great. Like, I guess this IL stint is the slowdown on it. Then we all understood that that was going to be some of it. Um, yeah, no, that that's the part. You put a whole bunch of money on the on the table, and you're getting what you paid for in that regard. All in for the pitching. Nathan, sure. Nathan Valdi with a terrific nine-inning complete game shutout over the weekend as well. Fantastic outing for him against the New York Yankees. This one is the one that gets me especially charged up because I feel like I have something to do with it. <laughs> what? Because I talked to the young man during Rangers, uh, you know, the whole fan fest deal. Yeah. Josh Young, ladies and gentlemen, is sure. a baller. Sure, that was He's KG's a baller. Doing. That's right. That was KG's doing. It's not like we saw this happening last year and he happened to have an injury, nope. which is why he didn't play. Give with me all club. the credit. That's no, right. That, the, That's right. I'm still fascinated by this, right? Because some of... The Rangers have gotten to some places. I, a, a man named Jerks and Profar come to mind, like where we've seen prospects start coming up, and people are like, "Hey, man, just letting you know ahead of time, this is going to be a thing." And we're like, "All right, Bert, y'all said that with Jerks, yeah, yeah, it's been a thing. <laughs> it's been a thing." Early, and he seems very much like he's in that place where he's going to be your five-hole hitter, and he's going to produce, and he's holding down that hot corner. Like it's going to be really good. And I do appreciate that you've locked in yet another piece of this because. What was one of the things when you started paying money last offseason when you put $500 million on the table? It was like, yo, you're paying for these guys and you're putting the cart before the horse. You're paying for free agents before your developed players are coming to meet it. And right now your developed player is showing out in your lineup in the absence of one of those guys, like the, the, the anchor of your lineup in a way, and Corey Seager being injured. Mm-hmm. Josh Young's here like, no, I'm going to do what I need to do. And, and, and another one of those just uh, just in double A, doing his part to make it seem like when he gets ready, he'll be up here too doing the exact same thing in Evan Carter. So, yes, the Josh Young thing, absolutely with it. And, yes, 2 one you're going to have teams that stretches of the season have bad losses. Yes, the Rangers got swept bad by loss. the Cincinnati Reds. That was a horrendous series on their part. But at the same time, what you've seen from Josh Young, his six homers at 21 RBI at the end of April, the most homers and RBIs at the end of April for a Rangers rookie ever, ever, the youngster putting in work so far this season. Adolis Garcia, I don't know why y'all keep trying him. My man's outfield assist game is on point. Yeah. Y'all keep trying him. He's going to throw you out and continue to help this Rangers team from the outfield. But it's been his bat that has been fantastic. One of the elite run producers in the game right now. His homer on Sunday brought his RBI total to 30, making him, Reg, the American League leader mm. in RBI for the month 
of April. This is the to thing. This date, yeah, that's to right. To this date. That's right. This is the thing that was the, the thank you, Kevin Gray, by by uh via Deontay Wilder. Is that what we're doing? That's there? right. Um, this is the thing about the Rangers that I have a little hesitation on. Is this offense going to be what it is? Because we've seen really good offense most of the time from these Rangers, right? You start talking about the uh start talking. Well, I guess the offense wasn't entirely the issue with the Reds. That was just giving it back. But I did not anticipate the offense being this low. I, I, you know, we know that you got some guys that can really swing the bat. We had some thoughts on Josh Young, but we also knew Corey Seager, Mark Semyon, um, also uh, Silver Slugger, Nathaniel Lowe at first base. Like you have some some dudes, but I don't think we anticipated all the levels. We didn't see Travis Jankowski coming in and doing what he's done. We, I don't know that we necessarily anticipated Robbie Grossman coming in and being the guy that he has been. Right, like you've gotten quite a bit at the plate from a lot of the guys on this team that I don't think we had anticipated. I wonder, is that is that just all these guys happening to be hot at the right time, or is this what your team is? I'm real interested to see over a longer period of time what that is, because if that's the case, we might be talking about something entirely different. Um, come uh, trade deadline, we might be talking about how he fixes bullpen and try and go com- compete. Finally, Jonah Hines has been producing as well. Five homers with an OPS of 978 in the month of April. Continues to do it both at the plate and behind the plate. Jonah Heim doing his thing for the Texas Rangers. The Rangers having now won three straight games. First place in the American League West as the month of May begins at 17 and 11. Handling business at home at 11 and 5. The second best home record in all of the American League. The only team with a better home record right now are the Tampa Bay Rays. They are a scorching 14 and 2. At the trop is what they call it. That's right. So shout out to the Tampa Bay Rays. But yeah, the Texas Rangers, 17 and 11, 11 and 5 at home. Winners of three straights have the second best run differential also in the American League. Who has the number one run differential? Yes, that is the Tampa Bay Rays. They're outscoring their opponents by 103 runs so far this season. What did he say? Yeah, it's been, it's been wild. Uh, <laughs> it's, some of that has just been the pitching. It's been really, really good. Crazy. Uh, from the 510 on the truckwreck.com text line, Sandler mentioned the possibility of gross. Yeah, Sandler's smarter than me on baseball. Right? Like, let's be fair. Uh, but again, I don't think that we all anticipated this being this level. Sandler, Sandler maybe being different. Or maybe just listen to Jared Sandler. Right? Like, maybe that's the way I should have couched that. Listen to Jared He'll, he won't steer you wrong, except when he does. And while you're doing so, wish him a happy birthday today. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, Jared Sandler. My guy, your guy, our favorite guy. Jared Sandler celebrating his birthday today. It's five reasons why the Rangers finished over 500 as they have the day off before they get back on the diamond tomorrow when they take on the Arizona Diamondbacks. Baseball, baseball. Coming up next on the Get Right, one defining question for each second round NBA playoff series including this one between these two old men. Next on The Get Right. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.